Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, it is the Clerical Airs Podcast. I am Olegan. And I'm Brick. And I'm Vicar. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. So, how are you doing today? Good? Another morning recording? Yep, living, living the dream after that, those tornadoes. Do you have anything your way? Uh, over by Alexander, north of Alexander there was. So. Do they have damage? I didn't hear anything, so okay. the sirens went off, and so... Yeah, there is a Lost Clerical Heirs episode. There is. Do you know that? No. I, have it, I have it set in my files as the Lost episode. Oh. <laughs> ah. Because we had a... The, the podcast recording was going horribly, because at that time, if something bad happened, it would throw us, and we couldn't get back into... Right. You know, we were kind of newbies. That was episode 13. 13. And Lucky so, 13. And so uh, the tornado sirens go off, right. and we we try and do what we can to finish, and, and Berg's got a you know new wife. He had to go home and protect. Right. But I thought it was funny that the tornado sirens went off, and we immediately go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Iowa thing. Storm chaser. What do you, you got some coffee there, Berg? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you? What do you got? Same coffee. Yeah, I might have to in a little bit go get some water. I forgot to get a beverage. So, any special coffee from you, gentlemen? No, I was gonna grind some beans, but I was afraid to wake up the baby, so I just use ground stuff. Fairways gourmet, blah blah blah. It's not really gourmet, but you know, it's the way it goes. Yeah, I'm still on the Starbucks Cafe Verona dark roast, which is ground. Okay, and uh, I brewed it this morning. I mean. It's all right. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm not having anything yet, so I might get thirsty. We'll see. I we get a, got a response from my mother about our my Mother's Day. Peter, can you get that? Um, it is. She sent a message via our Facebook account. Yep. So is, I, I haven't actually haven't seen this video, Peter. Have you? <laughs> I think if I remember right, it was pretty short. Just oh, it's just a short, basically a picture. Oh, she was trying to take a picture, but she's... <laughs> All right. Um, so my uh, uh, my mother listened to the Mother's Day tribute that I gave to her. Uh-huh. And uh, she said, I got to watch your podcast on Monday. Awesome. And there's actually a little bit of a video of her watching the podcast. <laughs> um, haha, joking on you this time. Thanks for the tribute. Your sisters agree. You are my favorite. You laughed at a spanking. I found ways to discipline. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I had this thing about my mom getting angry made me laugh. Just not a good... Yeah. That's... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I get that response sometimes that angry people make me laugh. (laughs) Which is not (laughs) ideal for a pastor sometimes. (laughs) No. No. I can see where that might uh, exacerbate the situation a little bit. So, uh, Berg, what do you preach it on? Well, uh, what is the Sunday, Vicar? This is uh, Pentecost. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's it's 50 days after our Lord's resurrection. And uh, on Pentecost, which is 10 days following the ascension of our Lord, the Holy Spirit is sent 
uh, to the apostles who are gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem, uh, appearing uh, as a sound of uh, rushing wind out of heaven, as well as uh, flames of fire appearing over the heads of the apostles, uh, and giving them the ability to utter in tongues they did not uh, know how to speak in before, and what were they uttering but the, the mighty works of God as uh, the Pentecost came. But Pentecost as, um, is is an Old Testament harvest festival. And so uh, this is why there were people from all over the world in Jerusalem, because uh, it's a pilgrimage festival. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the angle you're taking a little bit uh, with the Old Testament reading. Yeah, uh, I, I always think it's cool because um, what is concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that Pentecost doesn't just come out of nowhere, but that it actually has its roots in the Mosaic Law. Moses institutes this as one of the three feasts that all males were supposed to go to when God established his name uh, in the temple at Jerusalem. Even the idea of having a feast, that's what I like about the about it is, mm-hmm. is uh, you know, you're commanded to have a feast. That's just amazing. Right. <laughs> it's like God says, thou shalt have a party. Right. And I Which mean, it sounds like a t-shirt you probably wore in high school. Probably. No, I was, I wore the Hawaiian shirts. So. Oh, okay. So I have my I have my stages. Um, but anyway, in Deuteronomy, actually, God says, "And you shall rejoice, you and your and your servants, and and all that." You know. Um, and so that's you know kind of a neat thing because first you have it as an agricultural festival, right? Mm-hmm. The bringing of uh, the harvest and the first fruits. Well, isn't that what Pentecost is? Where the first fruits of all these nations are brought into the Christian Church, right? Right. So you got that aspect. Hmm. With Pentecost, you have it um, fifty days after Passover. Well, this is when the children of Israel got to Sinai, and God spoke to them from heaven. Mm-hmm. And so here again, God is speaking to them uh, from heaven. Only He's doing it here in this regard through the apostles, right? You know. Um, so you got that aspect too. Um, so, yeah, and uh, just just the fact that there were probably up to a million people in Jerusalem at this time, you know, because everybody's all, all like, you know, oh, man, it'd be great if 3,000 people would convert, you know, uh, and be baptized because we preached a sermon. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but um, 10,000 well, 10, well, 10, people could have listened to that sermon. Well, Billy Graham you know? did that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that's going to get is a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, post-COVID, there won't be that many people together in one place. Hey, right. What I, what, I, what I like about Pentecost is the fact that, that uh, when you get down to the heart of what happened, the Holy Spirit came, mm-hmm. they preached the Bible, they preached Christ crucified and risen, which led to baptism, which led to uh, the whole households being be baptized, every one of you. Mm-hmm which led to them devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, and to prayer. Which yeah, isn't it interesting how, like, the Holy Spirit doesn't come in a great rushing wind, right? When G- when pa- when Peter says, receive the Holy Spirit, you know, how will you receive the Holy Spirit? By being baptized. Right. Right? Which is hilarious, and uh, I'm sure it sticks in the craw of any Pentecostal list- listeners because, you know— this flies in the face of what they believe, right? And and I think uh, 
Pentecostalism gets caught up in the in the form, like they spoke in tongues, and that's the proof. Well, it wasn't proof enough for Peter. He didn't use the speaking of tongues as proof. He used the Old Testament right. as proof. This right. is what the prophet, and now I'm blanking out which prophet he Joel. Joel. Mm-hmm. Joel. So he quotes the prophet. So it wasn't enough that the rushing of wind, he had to preach a sermon from the Word of God, from the Old Testament, as a proof text, pointed to Christ, led them to baptize, and then we had a people devoting themselves to the teaching, to the breaking of bread, to pr- the um, fellowship, and to, to prayers. Mm-hmm. And the other difference is is that everyone could understand these speaking in tongues. You right. Know? So um, you have Galileans speaking in Aramaic, presumably, but what Germans would hear would be German. What La- you know, Latin people would hear would be Latin. You mm-hmm. know, um, They heard their own mother tongue spoken. And that is not the speaking of tongues today, right? Right, because there's no there's no need to do that because in most places you generally have one English that everyone can understand. Mm-hmm. No, that's not to say, and we'll actually hear about one of these. There are groups that work hard on translating to do that kind of thing, getting God's word out into different languages. But uh, but yeah, so. Um, so if, so basically, short answer, if you want the Holy Spirit, go to church. Go to church and be baptized. Be baptized and listen to the word, right? Do we have anything from Hannah this week, Peter? Uh, not this week, but next week should be a doozy. Oh, no. She, she, she is working, uh, from what I understand, a response to our, our ad because we asked her to do that. Um, well, <laughs> this is why you got to be careful what you ask for. <laughs> So, so next time we will be uh, ready to go for that. Um, Thank you, Hannah, for doing all this work. I mean, we are looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, we are. It is going to be interesting. Uh, so, something a lot of people may not know at this point is, so Hannah was just a fan that we just randomly called associate producer, and now she's acting like associate producer, well, no, which no, is she, awesome. She asked. She okay, asked. she asked. She asked, right? But it was just a person, and then we just now she we've decided she's part of the podcast. But most of our communication with her happens in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've never actually had a conversation with her. <laughs> Every once in a while, she emails the feedback at clericalerrors dot org. Uh, all right, this is this is all right. This is my new plan. All right, but this has to be post. This is like a post COVID thing, right? Okay. All right. Hannah, what I would like to do for our podcast to thank you for all your work as our associate producer is I would like sometime, I know you, I think you're in Minnesota, so it might be a while, but I would like to do a Clerical Airs live event in your town. It'd be pretty rad. That'd be awesome. You have to uh, organize it, though. We'll just show up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's what an associate producer would do. That's right. Um, and by the way, we do uh, we do uh, write. Um, if you ever need a job, Hannah, we do write uh, recommendations and that kind of thing too. So, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yes, uh, thank you, Hannah. We look forward to that, and that leads us to we should get to our top twelve list today. Indeed, uh, my my top twelve list is kind of simple. Um. What got me thinking about it today was today is my birthday. Yes, and happy birthday. 
Yes. Yeah, you always feel weird being the one who brings it up on the podcast, but that's <laughs> that's who I am. I greeted my wife this morning. I I wished her a happy my birthday. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> um. Hey, I mean, at least this isn't like The Hobbits, right? right? Where I'm you just, have to give presents to everybody else. Right. I'm surprised I haven't actually written a birthday dedication to myself for my birthday. Well, I figured that would be like episode 200, <laughs> you know? You know, we had a we had a red, wedding reception. Uh, I was in the wedding party on my birthday last year. Mm-hmm. And so for my birthday treat, we gave... Uh, treats to the wedding reception. That nice. Was, that was my birthday treat. It's very so, Tolkien-esque. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, that was, it was great. It was my favorite dessert too, which is a coffee mocha trifle. That's my favorite dessert. Oh. With a brownie layer on the bottom. See, I like tiramisu. Also, that's my wife's. Uh, probably, maybe not quite the favorite, but it's up there. Boy, your dessert I, favorites <laughs> are fancy. Well, you know, I am kind of Iggy Azalea on this podcast, <laughs> so... <laughs> And listeners, if you know what that means, let me know. All right, <laughs> Mulhagen, uh, what what's tiramisu? Um, it is. I'm guessing Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing a dessert. If it was ice cream, it would be called gelato. So it's not ice cream. No. I'm gonna guess tiramisu is, uh, like a, like a chocolate, mm. creamy. It's creamy. A dessert meatball. <laughs> Close. <laughs> okay. Is, is, is it, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to get in the head of Berg. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is very unlike me, though. I mean. So it's very sweet. And it goes really well with coffee, though. So okay. I, think, I think that's part so of the reason why I like it. it's not like you. It's, so it's sweet and it's rich. Right. Exactly. All the things that I'm not. <laughs> it has a full head of hair. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Ah. Now, now, compared to my brother, I, I actually do have a full head of hair. So, you know, but yeah, it's, it, there are peaks there. I think I it, saw your brother, you know, your brother would do well. It looks like he would be a good WWE wrestler. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, he's, he's pretty ripped. So, and he's got the shaved head. Yep. You know, He's probably a nice guy, but he looks like he could look menacing. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to post a picture of him on our Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, just post a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That'll be, that'll be fine. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he quotes scripture, right? So, I mean, it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I thought what I, what I did one of those Facebook uh Today, I'm not sure if I did it right. One of those fundraisers on your birthdays that people can do. Oh, I, I do think I, I don't know. It was early this morning, so I don't know if I actually, I think I saw something like that. I wasn't sure if it was on Clerical Errors or on your Facebook page. It was on my Facebook page. Okay. Um, so I, I'm doing doing one for uh, Lutheran Family Services of Iowa, Lutheran Family Service of Iowa, mm-hmm. um, who does quite a bit of uh, a lot of things with mental health, which kind is of an issue right now. Yeah. Anyways, so I thought for my top 12 list, um, people are all, maybe not always, but people might be wondering, what are some good places that I can give money? No, nice. Yeah. yeah. So so I kind of picked uh, uh, 12 things, uh, top 12 lists, which are good place to donate money, donate charity. So Peter, play the intro. 
Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. So these are top 12 um, charities or places you can give money to support because uh, there's a lot of them, right? And you might be wondering, hmm, I've been thinking about giving some money. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're going to do like a Facebook fundraiser or, you know, if you, uh, I think these are all things that, if let's say you are part of a group that, an LWML group that's giving money and you're always looking for ideas. Whatever the case may be, um, these are 12 places I think will use your, one, use your money wisely and also to be very good to support. So, number 12. Uh, this one's in honor of Vicar. Wow. Uh, the LCMS Seminary Scholarship Fund. Yeah, the Joint Seminary Fund. Or do you, do, you, do you recommend us giving to one or the other? Well, uh, no, no I, I think I honestly can say that I think it is good if your money goes into the Joint Fund. Um, if you do have a, a seminarian from your, your home congregation, though, right. um, it's good to support someone who who you know personally, but um, yeah, the seminaries have a lot of people who have a lot of life experience, both in the church and in the world, uh, financial sectors, and and they use their monies well. Uh, well, that come in and Fort Wayne, I can speak, has a a, a rich donor base that they have really um, given generously, and we're very thankful for that. But the costs of education are very high. And right. so um, they're trying to eliminate the the excuse to not go to seminary while it costs too much. Mm-hmm. Um, that if someone is called into the to pursue the office of the ministry, they can go in knowing that the church will help them along the way. So, yeah, please give as you're able. Uh, as, uh, as a seminary student right now, it's... Um, it's always humbling to write all those thank you notes to all these people I've never met, but that so generously support. Number 11. Uh, this is R.U. Berg. Oh. The local Lutheran school. Yeah, no doubt. Um, very rarely do you come across a Lutheran school that says, oh, yeah, we got plenty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's getting, you know, harder and harder. I think of uh, how even like things like healthcare costs. And all those things, I mean, it it gets harder and harder to, to support a school. So yep. and just to pay the teachers, I mean, we never can pay them what they deserve, hmm. but uh, just to keep them, just to keep them, you know, um, paid well because and, you know because they're generally there because they want to teach at a Lutheran school, right? There's no lack of jobs of teaching, and they could easily go to the public school route and make. Quite a bit more money, have a right. little more security, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's uh. And I mean, you know, you get to support an institution that is there to teach, you know, the next generation to hand down the faith. I mean, where this is the reason why we exist. It's not, you know, our main reason for a Lutheran school is not to um, teach math, although we do teach math, right? Right. Um, our main reason is to teach Christ and Him crucified. And and also there. Are, you say that, but there's also ways of placing. Think of the scientism that we're dealing with now, right? Of placing things like history, 
things like science in a mm-hmm. proper context. You know, it, and that's the thing. No matter what school you go to, there is a worldview behind it. And the thing is, is is your worldview a Christian one that's rooted in the gospel? Uh, or is it the worldview that has been dominant since um, our fall into sin? You know, um, where man seeks to uh, aggrandize himself and deify himself. Um, and that's the thing. It's, uh, we can teach people to do a lot of awesome things. Science can be a great boon, but without faith, without, um, sanctification, I'm actually these ta- things are actually, I mean, they're dangerous weapons. I actually talked about this in a sermon is, uh, not too long ago where I talked about how, you know, people keep pointing that science is the answer, science is the answer. Well... Is it? I mean, science has allowed us to uh, be able to blow cities off a map with a, <laughs> right. with a single weapon. To concoct things like mustard gas. Right. Um, science has led us to be able to uh, be unfaithful to our spouses. Right, very easily, you know. To, uh, to isolate from one another. To, uh, to uh, bear false witness, to hurt someone's name on a worldwide basis. Mm-hmm. So... So science, yes, it is good, it can, but at the same time... It can be a great tool, but... But without the context, without uh, what, what Scripture teaches, it's, the powerful could be used for both good and bad. Number 10. Um, your own district scholarship fund, kind of going what, what Vicar said, is uh, each... Uh, District of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod generally has a scholarship fund that they give to those who are pursuing full-time church work. Um, and uh, it's really a hard ask for people nowadays even more with the cost of education to get into full-time church work and then say, okay, you're going to take on these student loans, and then this is how much you're going to get paid. Good luck with that. Right. Um, so that's also important. And... Uh, and and I know those though that kind of money it's all done by volunteer work. Your money goes mm-hmm. exactly to where it goes. Right. Number nine, orphan grain train. Yep. Um, I've been, you know, if you see, if you see uh, like missionary pictures from Africa, you know. Do you know Do you know any of the history behind that? Not as much. No. Yeah. Um. I can't quite remember because uh, my LWML is very involved in in that. Um. I think originally they, they kind of thought, you know, it, the whole orphan grain train thing was, you know, that they would be shipping all this stuff by train, you know, all over the place. And, uh, and of course, that wasn't very feasible. So what they've done is uh, they fill up um, these big freight containers mm-hmm. full of clothes and food and uh, um, just all of these essential things. And they, they go all over the world. I mean, I think the one that I last heard about was going to Moldavia, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have a site in Clemmy, right? Yeah, in Clemmy, Iowa. Uh, Clemens. 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 Not Clemmy. Clemmy. That's actually North, yeah. uh, Clemens. Real, real by uh, Pastor Ricard. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, another vicar of yours. Yeah, they're all over the place. We're taking <laughs> over. <laughs> um. So so yeah, if you like, they go all over the world, and, and what I was gonna say is, so a lot of times if you see a, a, a one of our missionaries go into an proper uh, place at some point somewhere in the background you'll see like a Luther uh, orphan grain train 
container somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's something you can don't have to just give money. Although money is, it costs money to ship those things, but there are collections all over the place for items as well. And I think they're all volunteer staff too, right? To mm-hmm. go through all the clothes and everything and package right. it and so. Right. But it's another one of those where you know when you give, it's it's not you're not giving to a lot of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Uh, find someone you know in need and help them. You know, it seems simple, but that is super hard. <laughs> it, it I, I mean, really, like, because different people need different stuff. You know, one guy might need a job. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy might need money. One guy might just need... Someone in, to talk to. Yeah, encouragement. I mean, and, uh, you know, it's a very... It's like the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. They're very... They're almost simplistic axisms, you know, axisms. Mm-hmm. But like, once you actually start engaging in your station in life and the people you meet, it can get really, really mm-hmm. difficult. Right, and 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 you know, sometimes you may not know, but let's say you have a, a single mother who works a hard job. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are all sorts of instances where you could say, you know, they could probably use help with something. Right. You know, if you have an elderly someone who lives in the house still and, you know, they might need help cleaning out their gutters, you know? Yep. Just those type of things. That doesn't take necessarily money, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's helpful for them. So find someone you know in need and offer them some help. And it might just be sending them a card right now, too, you know? Yeah. Number seven. Bethesda Lutheran Communities. Uh, I believe it's based out of Watertown, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and the, they do a lot of work uh, with uh, the disabled, um, a lot of patient work, um, and, uh, and, and uh, they do a wonderful, probably I would say one of the stronger places in the country that actually deals with that. Um, and if you meet someone there, you know, talk about the faith of those, a lot of those, the people, mm-hmm. it's amazing. So, um, and, uh, and. So those are that's a really wonderful place to to give money. That's uh, Bethesda uh, Lutheran Community Communities. So I will probably post these on our Facebook. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna suggest that you know, so that way people can check them out for themselves. Right, right. Number six, support your local district missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, and I, I think it's good to earmark one, not just to say okay, here's some money. Right. To really, you know, for example, we have a really good camp in our district. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, we also have a uh, a startup congregation, right, in North Liberty, you right. Know? And so, no, not that I'm against just giving money to your district, but I think earmarking it and 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 taking a look at yourself. What do you think is most important right now? Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's that's kind of the beauty of giving is is it one is love, but but that love is to know like a specific situation where it might be helping really right encourages that yeah the whole point is just not to throw money at things right cuz you know right they're they're like for example i use a camp there might be something very specific they need maybe they need more hymnals maybe they need new sheets for their beds maybe they need new tents or something mm-hmm. there's always something like that um and also uh you know i was thinking of our uh, university um missions too right and in, in our, our, our district, campus ministries campus ministries mm-hmm. at uh 
Northern Iowa and the University of Iowa. Um, great pastors there. That's another way that you can support. So, Number five. LCMS disaster relief. Um, this is this is great, um, and if you're if you're uh, um, in a congregation, um, it's something that you can consider doing because a lot of times we have certain disasters come up and people want to give. Uh, right. I, I can think of times where we've done this here where um, we've had uh, like the tsunami when that happened or mm-hmm. hurricanes or earthquakes. The one that was in the was it the Haiti, Haiti right. right? When that happened, people saw the desperation and they wanted to give give to help in a way that, um, you know, they, they can trust. And, and that's when it comes to those things, you know, we take a, a collection after church, a door offering mm-hmm. for things like that. And we, we send it off to the LCMS Disaster Relief, and uh, they do a good job of, of giving what people need, but also in the context of those who have always been the best at giving it. Right. So... You know, other I mean, other agencies. You know, I sometimes wonder how much of that money gets to the people, how much goes into bureaucracy, bureaucracy, or you give money to one thing and then you wind up finding out they're supporting Planned Parent or something like that. Yeah. You know, this is something you know you can trust. So, number four, Lutheran Family Services of Iowa, Service of Iowa. Mm-hmm. I keep on wanting that plural. They do counseling, they do adoptions, they support life, they do all sorts of things, and. uh um, I'm actually on the board of directors for that that group, um, and uh, actually they're we're reaching out to all sorts of different districts where um, the version that the the district once had became too liberal, um, mm. and and so we are actually reaching out to other districts and getting them involved with Iowa. Um, so uh, Lutheran Family Services number three, uh, Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Another one you're on the board for, right? Yeah. I don't know how I wound up on these boards, but this was based out of uh, Michigan. And uh, um, hey, Vicar, can you look, go to their website and, and kind of give us an overview on their latest numbers of how many publications they've produced and how many different languages? Oh, Peter's doing it too. Uh, they have over a thousand titles in more than a hundred languages. Uh, and a lot of it's. Um, Book of Concord or catechisms or hymnals, um, and that's why it's called Lutheran because they're um, specifically Lutheran-based publications that are uniquely Lutheran, um, and uh, it's it's quite a, an amazing thing to be able to. Well, one, not only do they they have to find someone to translate them, uh, two, they have to check the translator and make sure it it fits. Uh, three, then they have to find a way to publish them. And a lot of times to save money, they're published locally, and they have to have store them and then find a way to, to hand them out. And it's quite an overwhelming thing. But uh, some examples that, uh, that, uh, that they've been doing is one is they've been doing, um, they've given a lot of uh, catechism in Farsi language in Germany. Right. Because of uh, refugees from the Middle East, they come, and a lot of them are flocking to the Lutheran church, and they need they can't get enough catechisms to to teach them because if you're in a oppressive um, uh, oppressive situation and an oppressive religion, imagine how sweet the the gospel is to them. So that's a, that's a number three, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Number two, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod missionaries. 
Um, not like I said, not necessarily even just like what I said earlier. Um, if you there's a whole list of missionaries. We've done a funny thing with our missionaries where they have to be a missionary and their own fundraiser. Yeah, and and so one it winds up taking them out of their mission, what they're doing, uh, in, in you know giving God's word. And then when they are home, they have to go around and they you know and and beg for money. And and if they don't get enough, then th- they can't go back. They can't go back, and so. So that is that's why it's way up there on the list is number two is because it it can be quite a challenging thing for them and uh, there are other places you can give towards missionaries you know um, but it's good for you to see yourself where and support them yourself because there are some places where they they kind of are a collection agency for other groups right and then they they kind of get to decide who gets it um, and. Anyways, but yeah, uh, email, you know, you can go to the LCMS website and find, you know, all of these missionaries, email them, you know, find out what they're doing, subscribe to their newsletters. I mean, they'll, you know, there's, yeah. So find, you know, it's like, like you said, uh, actually dig into it. Right. You know, so. Right. And then I think that's what helps a certain groups kind of take ownership. You wind up giving, because you know, it's going, you know, the person is who's needing it and getting it. And I, I can just add, uh, I personally know uh, some of the new missionaries to Puerto Rico. And uh, if you're really interested in, in some unique ministry, uh, especially as they've been hammered with two or three earthquakes in the last year, uh, check out the missionaries from Puerto Rico on... And they got hit pretty hard with a hurricane, too, not too long right, ago. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, those, those pastors and deaconesses are doing uh, great work, both in mercy work and in Word and Sacrament, and uh, they've been opening new churches and things. So uh, the LCMS does a good job in in updating everyone on how their missionaries are doing. That's the other part of it. Some other organizations you might not hear from the particular missionary for a long time. Those that are in more restricted areas, maybe they, they don't get their newsletters out as much, but the ones that can lawfully be Christians in the country, mm-hmm. they're... Uh, they update us very frequently, which is really nice. And number one. Your local congregation. Yep. <laughs> I think it goes, we've talked about that at length, but especially now. And an honorable mention, clerical errors. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one B. <laughs> yeah. And where could they thicker? Well, I think that our, our giving is through Patreon, right? So they can find us on Patreon and uh, become a what patron? I mean, that's is yep. that what they call it? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, as low as what one dollar per month. Yeah. You become a member, and you get to look at that picture of Pastor Berg, and that's, that's awesome. And and it's what's nice about that is if you for one dollar a month you become a member, and what that means is, like, say something happens to you, unfortunate, and they have to write up an obituary. You can say they were a Patreon member of the Clerical Heirs podcast. Right. Right there. You can put it on your resume. <laughs> yep. Here we go. <laughs> Founding member member of the Clerical Heirs podcast. <laughs> well, and, you know, I mean, we're, what, almost to 12,000? 11,500? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Know? And so, uh, you know, this got a lot bigger than I ever thought it would, so... 
people seem to like what we're doing. So, you know. Yeah. You know. We're having fun. So that said, if you do want to help the show out, patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash clerical errors podcast. And that'll get you to our page and you'll be able to see a beautiful picture of Pastor Berg. Cover your eyes. I mean, <laughs> this could be like opening the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us now we um, to uh, we need to class up our podcast right now. Indeed. Peter, play the intro. So uh, welcome to Master Pastors Theater with Pastor Berg. Yes, this is Master Pastor Theater with Pastor Berg. Pastor Berg. Do we want to do Master Pastor, or is Pastor Piece even better? I oh Pastor. Yeah, Piece I do Theater. like I do like Pastor Piece Theater better. I, I Good do call. I like that. I That's like why that. you're the producer. Indeed. So uh, welcome to Pastor's Peace Theater with Pastor Berg. I like that. Yeah, we'll go with that from now on. Uh, Pastor. Peace Theater. So, uh, last time we uh, we read a little bit of garlic uh, from Paul Hensel, and I did a little research on Paul Hensel. He was born in 1888, and he died in 1977. And he was uh, a pastor in the Wisconsin Synod, and he was actually suspended from fellowship there in on uh, April 28th, uh, 1929, which uh, is interesting because that, uh, you know, that date has a lot of meaning for me anyways, so. Um, but anyway, so we'll uh, continue with our section here. Note with what loving care the garlic bulb is wrapped, as though it were to be sent overseas. Sevenfold tissues enfold the whole of it, then little clusters of cloves within are clothed groupwise, ecclesiola in ecclesia, then each individual clove from the tallest to the tiniest is swathed in a silken garment all its own. All the circumspect insulation is meant to preserve the strong tincture and tang of the plant. A nestful of little cloves, all of one family, crowding together, hidden in their royal skirts as a bevy of chicks hides under the wings and among the feathers of the mother hen. In like manner, the Lord Jehovah enfolded his people, the twelve tribes of Jacob, in the gracious grip of his eternal purpose. Him, whom he found in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness, he planted in the goodly land of his inheritance and set the bounds thereof, and separated him unto himself and kept him as the apple of his eye, to be a special people unto himself. The Lord makes a point of it to stress how he chose Jacob the fewest in number of any people on the face of the earth, merely because he had set his love upon him and proceeded to wrap up the nation as a whole in the tight tissues of the Mosaic law. And every step they took and every move they made was separately wrapped in his statutes with painstaking care in order to safeguard them against the corruption of the Gentiles, the peoples round about, to preserve the tartness of a people sanctified unto the Lord, a condiment to season a corrupt world. Oh, that they had been wise to understand this and had considered their latter end. But they felt uncomfortably cramped in the grip of the Father that had bought and established them and lightly esteemed the rock of their salvation. The German word for garlic clove is zea, toes, and they do look for all the world like toes cramped together in shoes too tight and narrow. But the Lord, not hasty to repent of his purpose and give in as did Aaron, 
As a wise and far-seeing pedagogue held firm in the face of rebellion and dissatisfaction, rescued unto himself and sealed a faithful remnant until Shiloh came, the savior of the world. Thus we too, planted by the Father into the grace of Jesus Christ, are held and embraced by the love of his eternal foreknowledge, imprisoned in the cup of his hand, including our entire life from cradle to grave, in every which way, together with any and all favorable and untoward circumstances, and all the limitations of our human heritage in body, soul, and mind, that neither choice, nor chance, nor change, nor prayer, and the laces of this taut shoe are drawn tighter as we grow older, as our Lord intimates to Peter in John 21. And all to this end, that every evil will and counsel within us might be broken, the more to die unto the world, embrace the fellowship of the saints, whose fellowship truly is with the Father, with his Son, Jesus Christ, to preserve in us the savor of life and keep us in his word and grace. All of this Abigail must have sensed, though only partly grasped, when she comforted the fugitive David, haunted as he was by the fear of death in those apparently wasted and purposeless days of his exile. The soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And we may add, all his potent psalms germinated in the soil of perpetual frustration, yea, germinated in the heart of him, who did predestinate the heavy days of his migration, were together with the author wrapped in the bundle of life, and that before the world began. Yea, David knew what it meant to belong to the tribe of garlic, both the pain of it and the pleasure of it, both the shame of it and the honor of it. So, Berg, um, what did you appreciate? Why? What's what do you? What is it that really hit you about that section? This is one of the best. Uh, I think one of the best 20th century takes on uh, the, how the law is in the Christian's life. Okay. And it starts with the Mosaic Law. Uh, and he uses this illustration of garlic and how if you look at a garlic plant, each individual clove is tightly wrapped, mm-hmm. you know, and to, get it, and to get this off, you know, mm-hmm. and it's preserved by this. And this is, this is the role of the law in the Christian life, right? It, is, it does tightly bind us, right? Mm-hmm. It does separate us. From the Gentiles, from from the world, uh, in order that we might keep our savor, that it might that we might be able to be this condiment, right? Mm-hmm. And just as it was true of the Old Testament, right? Because people ask, well, why you know why can't we mix cotton and linen, right? Why can't we boil uh, a young goat in his mother's milk, right? Mm-hmm. Why do we have all of these ceremonial laws in the Old Testament? Well, here's the reason: God separated the people, he, right, to keep them. Uh, as his own sanctified people, to be uh, a cradle for Shiloh, Shiloh who is the Messiah, right? So, so he, he was showing that they were a separate people from the other nations. Right. That you would be able to tell. Right. And we often buck against this, you know, what we think of as this uncomfortable strictness. Right. Well, because kind of like Vicar the other day, he goes, Pastor, I was wondering, did I say that right? Pastor, Pastor? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was wondering if if I got a bunch of tattoos and a bunch of earrings, would I relate more to the youth? Do you think that would 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 work? And I said, no, I don't think so. I said probably if you just uh, are faithful and, and show that you care about them and care about them, that that would probably be good enough to relate to them. You don't necessarily have to do that um, to to go through such extreme body modifications to show that you relate to them. Because we actually want to show that we're a little different than the world. So, you know, I think you took that well. Thank you, Vicar. Yeah. Was that an Uncle Carl moment or a Pastor Carl moment? 
Um, that was Pastor Carl. <laughs> yeah, that was your supervisor saying, hey, you know. <laughs> Tone it down. What, what was it? Uh, uh, was, I heard someone say like a face or a neck tattoo is a, is a, a way of saying I'm happy with minimum wage. Ha. <laughs> <Huh. laughs> All right, I digress. And then, you I know. I have to cancel some plans for later. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, I, so that was one thing I, I liked about it. The other thing is, is to bring up Abigail and David. And um, you can read about this in 1 Samuel chapter 25, uh, where David has been defending um, Nabal's sheep. He's, been, he's had his own soldiers protecting them, even though he is a fugitive and on the run. And Nabal basically, you know, uh, turns up his nose at David. And David get, gets angry. He's like, look, I've, you know, I've done all these things uh, for this guy, and he doesn't appreciate it, and you know, now we're going to go you know, take care of him and his family. And Abigail, this wise woman, comes down, and uh, she uh, here talks about, uh, and, and what they're referencing here is 1 Samuel 25, uh, verse 29, where Abigail says, uh, yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. The lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. So even though we might find the law of God uh, tight and almost uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, to be bound in, to be bundled uh, with the life of the Lord um, is is the greatest blessing ever. Mm-hmm. Um so even when people are unappreciative, even though it seems like our day is like we do all this good in vain and for nothing, um, even though we uh, we chanted uh, Psalm 73 last night for church, and uh, there you see the great complaint of the saint who sees nothing but the, the wicked prospering, right? Um, the wicked are fat and they're sleek and nothing ever happens to them and they're, they're functional atheists because they're like, well, God doesn't know. He lacks knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Until I went into the sanctuary of God and discerned their end, right? Yeah. And so that's that's the thing, is that in this world, um, God binds us tightly. It's kind of like uh, swaddling your kid, right? Because otherwise they just go all over the place, right? right? Um, but God binds us tightly to break our evil will and ultimately to keep us safe. So... Good, and we will have yet another section of garlic. Garlic, uh, you know, another prison. Yep, next time. On Pastor Peace Theater. Pastor Peace Theater. All right, so uh, what do we got next? Did you uh, you guys want to tell you, how many of you listened to the song? I read the lyrics. Um, I didn't listen, but. You want to listen to it? We can listen to it now a little bit. Shailin, S-H-A-I-L-I-N-N. L-I-N-N-E, and the name is False Teachers. Hey, Peter from the future here. At this point in the podcast, we listened to the song in its entirety in the studio. If you want to know what we're talking about, you can pause right here and go and look up the song on uh, YouTube or Spotify, listen to it, and then come back because otherwise you might be a little bit lost. Remember, the song is False Teachers by Shai Lin. That's S-H-A-I space... L-I-N-N-E. All right, back to the podcast. All right. I wanted to... Uh, let me turn that down here. I wanted to pl- just play that because that goes right along with what we were talking about last week. So any reactions, Berg, to that uh, song we just heard? Yeah, I'm not a... Um, it's not 
it's not my mode of uh, <laughs> you know, but honestly, it was well well written, uh, well thought out. Um, yeah, um, I give the guy cro- I give the guy props because I mean, he comes out and he condemns false teachers way more clearly than unfortunately a lot of pastors. Right, and I, and I like that he names them by name. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know. You can't just have false doctrine without a preacher. Right. You know? And so that's the thing. You actually have to call them out. Right. But people hate that. Right. Because what does it do? It makes you look like a jerk, right? Right, yeah. You like know? the way he says in the song, the only kind of heresy is saying that there's heresy. Right, you know, because heaven forbid we're... We're bound in in the tissue of the garlic, right? Right. Heaven forbid we stink in the nostrils of the world. Right. I kind of like this uh, this interplay of of uh, your garlic and this. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. What podcast does that? So, Vicar, you have any comments? No, that was great. None of those people made your uh, top twelve list, so <laughs> that kind of shows you, <laughs> yeah, what Bullhagen thinks of them. Yeah, but. Uh, I, th- I think we talked about a little bit—I don't re- even remember the context why we brought this up last time. Well, it was the news story. Oh, the news story. Yeah. Of uh, the pastor healing everyone and then getting the coronavirus himself. And it, we were talking about how it was a kind of a gospel, prosperity gospel, which is exactly what this, this song seeks to— uh, Actually, there's some—and I've told Vicar this, um, there are actually some— kind of uh, rap songs like this, where I actually think they get a lot of theology in a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, that the lie is is that you can uh, get a crown without a cross. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's a great lion. Um, the uh, uh, the citations from the scriptures, like Matthew 7, what is it, 6 or 16? Um, Jude 3, 2 Peter 2. Like, guys, these are Bible passages you should go home and read. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, and maybe we haven't done the best job of, in the church, of teaching about false prophets. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus says very clearly, beware false prophets. Right? Right. Well, what do we use? I mean, I, I don't know. I just, it seems it's like... kind of like, a, you know, Vicar's probably too young to remember this, but the whole purpose-driven life thing... Um, do you remember that much? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's still prevalent today. I mean, very prevalent. Right. You know, where, yeah. where where someone asked me, "Well, can we do that?" I said, "Well, there's a lot of issues with that." Right. And right. and uh, and basically, I kind of got t- tired of hearing about it. And they said, "Well, I'm sure you could kind of Lutheranize it a little bit." And I said, "Yeah, what I've done, I can do a Lutheranize the Book of Mormon. We can do a study on that too." <laughs> you know, at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um. But uh, what do you uh, think about the comment uh, about selfism? It's the fastest growing religion. They just dress it up and call it Christian. Yeah, I mean, it's he 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 understands. Um, this is this is original sin, right? Mm-hmm. This is what uh, the Book of Concord calls the incurvatus in se, right? right? That mm-hmm. that human nature, because of original sin is curved in on itself. Right. You know, and that what he calls selfism is really the chief sin. It's unbelief. Right. It is that, you know, we defy God and deify man, ourselves. 
you know? And that's why, like, you know, every religion, except for Christianity, that's really the goal, right? If I can do these sacrifices, then I can get X, Y, and Z. Right, and, and I think that it comes for a way of, of a whole host of things, you know? Um, you, you will very rarely meet anyone uh, who, few people who would say this, okay, well, I'm not very religious or whatever, or uh, I'm I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, and they have no kind of basis on what their understanding of God is, and what they do is, well, I have this these opinions on these issues, and I believe God thinks the same way. Right. Where they're taking their opinions, and then they're basically making a God in their own image, mm-hmm. in their own likeness. Mark Twain said, in the beginning, you know, God created man, and ever since that, you know, God created man in his own image, and ever since then, man has been returning the favor. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, like, college philosophy class really hit that over the head with me, where you hear, this is at a uh, IPFW, that's now, I think, just Purdue Fort Wayne, but uh, where everyone had, you hear all their ideas, the whole, whole, all semester, and then they get to religion, and then they all say, well, God says the same thing, based on nothing but their own opinions. Right. Um, so, and that's the thing. I mean, being that way, uh, you know, people often do. They they tear the tissue out of the garlic and they want to be free. But when you are not built for that, I mean, and we aren't. We human beings are simply not built to be absolutely free. And this is why uh, I was listening to a, another podcast, The Art of Manliness, and they had a a psychologist on there and he was talking about self-help in a liquid age and he's like, "Look, you got to stop telling people that they can do whatever they want to do or they got to keep improving themselves because what it does is it, it it turns them into gods. And being God and being that free is a crushing burden and we can't handle it. Right. It, it ultimately ends up destroying us. And I mean, look at all of the, the pain and the suffering that happens because of anxiety and guilt. And, you know, we put all this stuff on ourselves and it just crushes us into the dust. Yeah. You know, um, that's why it is good not to be free. It is good to be bound. It is good to be wrapped in that tissue paper. Right. Like, to be who God meant us to be. You know, you're talking in terms of God's word. Right, of course. Right. Not like actual tissue paper, but... No, I meant like, you know, like, like being in... Michigan with the governor. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, you know, and, and that's the thing, like, and it, when, when you realize that, when you are, when you know you're wrapped in God's word, when you're wrapped in even the law. Right. Um, there's so like, it's so freeing. It's right. like, God doesn't, God doesn't tell me to save the world. And, and then that's the, that's the difference. I think a lot of people don't understand about it is, is we, the difference between a government and God's word is is when it's the government, they're saying, we know what's best for you. As a Christian, we say, God knows what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just amazes me how, how much, I never thought governors would have that much power. Right. As they seem to be having. Well, and, you know, and sometimes they do. Like, and that's their job to know what's best for their citizenry when it comes to the body. Right. Right. Their goal is to bear the sword. Their goal 
is to punish the wicked and to commend the good. Right. And it's when they usurp that, when they step outside of their bounds, right? Saying gather together at church is wicked. Right. Uh, when they break their tissue paper, things mm-hmm. get out of get out of hand, right? And they become something that they become something monstrous. They become something that they were never meant to be, right? And I mean, it's the same thing with Peter, right? When you get old, right? Everybody, and this is the thing, people don't like. It's there's freedom when you get old, right? Right. And Peter, uh, Jesus tells him, like, you know, as you get old, you know, when you were young, you walked where you wanted to go. And when you are old, they're going to take you to a place you don't want to go. That's what that's what uh, John 21 is about, that this is the type of death that Peter is going to die, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, as you get older, there there are more and more limitations. Your body begins to break down. But, you know, that's okay. Right. It is okay. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't lessen your value, right? Uh, it does, and in fact, it can serve the glory of God. Just as Peter's being carried where he didn't want to go, uh, served God's glory, and it served the salvation of man. So that's the thing. When you're bound, life gets it's it's actually freeing. It's yeah. actually freeing. So yeah. Um, well, let's wrap it up then. Wrap it up then. Ha! Huh. Thank you for listening. Uh, um, and I will, try, you know, I'm not very, I always say I'm going to post them on Facebook and I never do. <laughs> That's a clerical error. That's a low, um, uh, tension span, but I, I will certainly, uh, seek to do this at the time of publication. And then, uh, but outside of that, thank you, uh, for listening and, uh, and Berg, anything? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't got anything to do. All right. Sorry. Vicar, you've been awfully quiet. It's been enlightening. I've been having a good time. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening, and may you have a happy my birthday. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.